Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, how are you doing today? I am doing pretty good. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Okay, that's good. That, that's better than than Texas basketball is doing. So Oof. We're, we're doing great then at that point. <laughs> that, that's the standard for me. As long as I'm doing better than Texas basketball, men's basketball specifically. Men's basketball, I was about to say, women picked up a pretty good women, win. So. Women got a good win. Women got a good yeah. win. We'll talk about that a bit. But uh, yeah, that, that's my that's my uh, standard for life. <laughs> so we're just doing be good. better than Texas basketball, right? Now. I, for most of my life, that's been it's been good. It's been <laughs> so that's that's very true. That's pretty true. <laughs> oh Jesus, Lord. Okay, but yeah, we got uh, plenty to talk about. We'll talk uh, SMU first. Talk some Conference USA men's. Um, I watched Sam Houston beat the brakes off of New Mexico State, and I still can't process what happened. Talk right. about that a little bit. Um, I didn't watch any of UTSA UTEP, but you know how ESPN had the pillow fight of the week. We'll touch on that a little bit. Uh, and then uh, got some women's basketball we'll get to as well, including the Texas uh, win over Iowa State. By the way, did you see the bet that somebody put on UTEP UTSA? I did not. I saw some of the some of the UTSA guys were tweeting it. Let me see if I can find it. They were putting it was like a last, I don't know if it was a live bet or something, but it was like, I got to find it. Um, let me see. I think Javi from birds up had it out. And I think it was, I think it was somebody that bet you. T- let me see. Yeah. Here it is from, uh, I, I know the spread was 15 and a half, I think for, for so UTEP. a bet has been placed for, it was about basically 8,100 on UTEP, uh, uh UTSA roadrunners to win. Uh, it was, let me see on UTEP, uh, to win 26,000. Right. So he put an 8,100 bet dollar bet on it and it was, let me see, what was the bet exactly? So it was to put it was he put, he took UTSA and to win. win, Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And it was, I think at the time it was 3225 UTSA. So it was a live pressure. It was a live bet. Yeah. And for those of you that don't know, uh, what, is, what was the final score? It was overtime. Didn't they go to overtime? Yeah, UTEP ended up winning by like three. Uh, oh, my yeah. guy. Heartbroken. They came, they, they came all the way back. Heartbroken and, for my guy. Yeah, poor guy. It was uh, – yeah, I didn't watch the game. I, I was watching other significant games that mattered. I kept, I kept tracking the game, and I texted you the score. I was like, huh, UTEP, UTEP going to let this happen? Well, I told, I told my friend, I was like, I, I feel like beforehand, I was like, I don't know why UTEP's favored by so much. I was like, I don't see them like beating Fair. anybody by 16 or 20 right. points. So, uh, yeah, I was like keeping t- tabs of it as well. But yeah, good, good for good for UTEP to get that win and not lose at home to UTSA. Man, good job. They needed 22 points from Sule Boom to do it. So good, good job, guys. Good job. But uh, let, let's start with SMU. SMU yeah. 
last night, uh, well, recording this on Friday, so on Thursday, took down Memphis 70 to 62 um, on the road. So mm-hmm. at Memphis, and as for those who don't know, Memphis has two of the top, you know, 15, probably 10, 10, 15 players in the country, Amani Bates um, and Jalen Duran. Uh, two very very good players outside of them they've been very inconsistent I mean even those two have been very inconsistent as a team Memphis (laughs) Memphis Memphis has been terribly inconsistent this entire year and still they're one of the the top four teams in the American and so you still have to take them seriously but it doesn't look like it's a tournament team most likely at this point but still we weren't even sure SMU was at that level to where they could take care of business and if they took care of business, they got the 70 to 62 win and they controlled it for the entire game, really. Yeah, that, that final score really doesn't even indicate how much SMU was handling this game. And I think the reason why this game intrigued me was because the kind of the AAC is more or less open with how hurt Houston is. Um, again, we still have credit to Houston. You know, they've they've kept things kind of stable with Marcus Sasser and, and Tremont Mark out. Um And of course, they're not going to be back this season. So we're still kind of unknown as to how, what level this team is, is the favorite, right? They probably still are the favorite, but to what level? Um, And so that's why this game intrigued me because Memphis obviously has the on paper talent to, to be a contender, but clearly they're not. Um, This still might be a, this may need to be a team that just kind of catches hot in in the conference tournament. Um, but then you look elsewhere and it was like, okay, well, SMU is kind of that other team on paper that's putting things together. That is probably the contender in this conference. And so I wanted to see which one kind of won out. And yeah, it was SMU clearly. Um, I mean, Kendrick Davis didn't even really get going until like the late mid, mid to late second half. He didn't, I'm pretty sure he didn't have his first points until like midway through the first half. Um, and it was a lot of Emmanuel Bandamel, it was a lot of the Weathers brothers. And they just really kind of controlled the inside. Um, I will say credit to Memphis. I think, uh, I don't know who was guarding Kendrick Davis, but they were, they were face guarding him a lot of the time. So like even during like the second half, uh, they were Kendrick Davis wasn't even touching the ball for like some possessions because they were just like, he's not going to beat us. And for a large stretch, he wasn't the one beating them, but um, yeah, it was <laughs> this. I, I'm really, I don't know. I don't want to get too, I don't know. They still need to play Houston. So I don't want to get too yeah. uh, on this SMU team, but they're really starting to, to click and it's all without still Zach. Not still hasn't even gotten going yet. Yeah. I, man, I was impressed just by, so in the first half, I don't know how much Kendrick Davis scored in the first half exactly, mm-hmm. but it felt like it was a lot of just ball movement. Ball was on the line. Uh, they were moving Memphis's defense left to right. I was impressed with the looks they were getting from three. Uh, Bandamel mm-hmm. came out, hit a couple threes. Um, ends the game with 13 points. Kendrick Davis ends it with 20. And they only had 12 assists, and Kendrick Davis had zero. And it just yeah. felt like everybody was getting a touch on the ball. And that was a side of SMU that I was really pleasantly surprised to see because when I think of SMU, I think of Kendrick Davis pounding the ball, or I think of um, the Weathers brothers kind of making plays on their own or Nuttall making a play on his own. Uh, but I do want to give credit to, to Zurich Phillip, Zurich Phelps. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I believe he's a true freshman um, and played 26 minutes. I love his energy. He had four assists. He had five boards, four points. He's a guy off the bench that is going to be huge for them moving forward because he played more than Zach Nuttall did last night. And 
I can see why just from like an energy perspective, you have Kendrick Davis, you have the weathers, you know, you have Bandamel. Zurich comes in and brings a nice spark off the bench. So you, you have the nice six man rotation. You slide in Tristan Clark in there for 10 minutes a game, whatever he does. He had two blocks in 10 minutes. He had four fouls as well, but still SMU looks like they haven't figured out at this point. And I, the defense not for nothing was tremendous. Again, Memphis might not be as good as like we thought they could be, but still SMU to this point in conference play alone has the second ranked defense and in the country has 101st ranked defense and that's continuing to decline. So yeah. you pair that with the 37th ranked offense and you have a team that is going to be right there with Cincinnati and Houston uh, come down the stretch. I'm, I'm still of the, I still think Zach Nadal should come off the bench mm-hmm. and with Zurich Phelps kind of developing into a playmaker. I, I, I wonder if that's something we look at because I, I just, I really just think he has Zach, uh, Zach Nadal has issues as a secondary tertiary guy. Right. Like I, I mentioned um, a lot of the shots he's missing aren't bad looks, right. He's not like taking bad shots. They're like good shots, but it's just like, I don't know if he's used to like just being a typical spot up shooter who's only going to have a couple of shots here and there. And he's, he has to kind of hit them basically all the time. He's more of a guy that's used to having the ball in his hands. And so I don't know the fact there's still like this other little kernel of like potential for this team makes me optimistic for them. Um, But even if Zach Nuttall doesn't become that all conference player that he was at Sam Houston, this is still a really solid team outside of that. So um, yeah, I think this is really impressive. Because, like, you can't tell me if Sam Houston State last year played Memphis, this team, like, no, no, it's not dropping 25 points. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, 100%. And I I do want (laughs) to – because this does technically have a Texas tie to it, I do want to touch on Penny Hardaway. Okay. Um, (laughs) If We're reaching reaching over here for Penny. There's a there's a (sighs) – No, go. Those comments after the game. Oh, yeah. We're stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> they were just flat out dumb. Um, for those of you that didn't that didn't see, Penny Hardaway basically took. Uh, I think the question was, do you think, do you think you can still be the guy or something like that to get it done? Mm-hmm. Um, and he basically just unloaded like ridiculous. It was. Let me see. Uh, it was it was five f bombs in like forty five seconds. Five f bombs. Yes, I'm no. not gonna quote it exactly. I don't know if you can but... quote it like that. But here's one quote that I can't because there were there were two quotes that came out. One of them was the F bomb where he just went after the media and just whatever, just dumb. Um, this one really got on my nerves. Uh, if I had my roster like they did, then I feel like I can do whatever I want to do. I'm coaching really hard. My boys are playing really hard. I'm not embarrassed about nothing. We have okay, that 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 answer, sure, whatever. That's fine. Here's the other part. We have four freshmen starting. Y'all need to act. Y'all need to act like it. Act like we got 17 and 18 and 19 year olds out here trying to learn to play against 23, 22, 23, 24 year old guys. Come on, man. Stop disrespecting me, bro. Like, don't do that. I worked too effing hard. I worked way too hard for that. Y'all write all these bull, you know, articles about me. And all I do is work. We got young kids on the floor. They got young kids on the floor. (sighs) Yeah. Something about, and so I, I, that got on my nerves because I went back. I was like, you know what? Let's look at, let's look at what Penny has been working with. He uses the teenagers as an example, right? And what I say, whatever you want, right? Teams of, uh, not everybody can coach freshmen, right? Coach K, Calipari, they can make it work. 
Not everybody can do that. Yeah. I went back and looked at last year's Memphis roster. Three of five starters last year were, were basically outed the program by Penny. So we can make room for those 17, 18, 19-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Damian Bow, who there's my Texas tie at TCU go. now. Musa Cisse, who's at Oklahoma State. DJ Jeffries, who's at Mississippi State. Three starting power conference players were got off the team because he wanted Imani Bates, right? And fair enough, sure, Imani Bates, great player. He wanted these freshmen that he's now complaining about. <laughs> and I went back and looked. I didn't realize this last year. Memphis finishes the top team in, in uh, defensive efficiency last year. Yeah. The top team in the country. Mm-hmm. They lost to Houston. Their only two losses uh, to end the year, basically, from February on, were a two-point and a three-point loss to Houston. Mm-hmm. And then they won the NIT. And then he just destroys that starting lineup, and now he's complaining. I don't know. That's my rant. That was like, I could not believe seeing that quote because it's like, there's one thing to say, like to get mad at the media, or whatever, but then to say, oh, we got freshmen. We can't can't be blaming us. No. And and this and this there, I'll tie it in Texas even more. And it goes to what what people have said about I mean, it's college basketball, right? You can yeah. construct your own roster. This, this SMU team. This like SMU team, you do it <laughs> with with Texas, which we'll talk about a bit. You that you construct your own roster. So that's where I, I talk to I know a lot of Texas fans because I'm from, you know, an hour from Austin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you know, he doesn't. Um, this is a new team. They're piecing it together still. I'm like, guys, every team in the country is going through this. Every team. This, in the country, this is going to be basketball this, from this now is, on. Yeah. College basketball. You're going to have three new starters on every single team in the country. How are you as a coach going to figure out how to piece them together, how to get chemistry, how to put them on the same line defensively? Because you're right. Not only last year were they number one, but the year before that, they were number five in the country in defense. And now you say, all right, well, we don't or you don't say this directly, but you're like, all right, we're just going to go for talent. We're not going to go for another top five defensive season. And now you're 54th in defense. And you have no consistency. So, And they're probably going to miss the tournament. Like they probably have the number – two, three, four pick in the NBA draft and Amani Bates. And he's, and again, there is something to be said about, he did reclassify, right? Amani Bates should be a senior in high school, right? That technically, Um, but that's the risk you take when you're trying to do this, right? And so to use that now as an excuse is just weird because yeah, he played a team that quite literally just is scrapped together. Like, because they, because Tim Jankovic knew he was kind of in a big year, one, he couldn't waste Kendrick Davis' last year. Two, he it was kind of in a big year for himself that he needed to kind of make a push for the tournament. So he put together this team and brought in, what, five legit transfers? Like, legitimately? And, and Mark, starting caliber? Weathers, Weathers. Yeah, and then, like, and, then, and, then, and then Phelps as a freshman, Phelps you know, coming uh, a true freshman. So, like, these are, like, five, six new players just mm-hmm. playing together. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. That was just – that rant was, like, wild, considering, especially considering the team that he beat <laughs> or that they right. lost to. Um, it was just wild to me. Yeah, so won't have to worry about Memphis moving forward. It's really, to me, it's Houston and then SMU and Cincinnati as the next two. Those are the three that are going to be vying for that that top spot. Houston continues to roll. Uh, We're not going to talk about them because they beat the hell out of uh, South Florida. Yeah, credit to them. I mean, we we were like, ah, they're kind of, they might be done, but they're just like, I don't know. We don't have to worry. I don't. I feel like we don't have to worry about them until February 9th when, or maybe even February sixth against Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. So we'll see how they do. 
All right, uh, real quick, we don't have to spend too long on this because we talk about Texas every single podcast, but damn it, they give us something to talk about every single podcast. Like, <laughs> every single one. Like every single, without a doubt, we're like, all right, well, we can put Texas over here and uh, right. we'll piece the rest around them. Just, um, all right, I guess I'll just start with the punchline. Uh, is Texas going to miss the tournament? Oh, man. For those I who mean, don't know, Texas yeah. lost to Kansas State 66 to 65. And I actually was tuned in for the first half of that. And I was like, all right, Texas got this under control. Turned it off, went to watch Texas Tech versus Iowa State, which was also a blow, but Texas Tech actually played well. So, you know, good for Tech. Right. Um, and I look back and just like that, Texas lost to Kansas State at home. That make That's the craziest part is it was at home. Yeah, it, was a, yeah. it looked like a pretty rock. Uh, I don't want to say packed crowd because, you know, Frank Irwin Center, but yeah. um, it was a decent crowd. It was a loud crowd. I'll say that much. Um, it, yeah, they might, and it, and it's part. It's partially because the Big Twelve is so damn good this year, right? Like Kansas State's the quote unquote worst team in the Big Twelve, and by a good margin. But they're what top? I don't think there's a single Big Twelve team outside the top fifty-five, which is kind of nuts. Yeah. But still, right? You're Texas. You're this team that that had this this hype heading into the year, and you might miss. You, there's a Honestly, they might be favored to miss the tournament right now. Like, <laughs> a legit, which is nuts, right? They might be favored to miss the tournament. They might this, be. This like, that's a, nuts. Because they're because here's the, here's the biggest but, problem. Their non-conference stinks. Yes. Their yes. non-conference stinks. They lost every one of their good non-conference games. And so they might legitimately be favored to not make the tournament, which is a catastrophic fa- failure we, of this first year. We still have – we still have um, – a month and a half left. Yes. A lot of oh, games. Yes, 100%. Yes. And, we'll and we've seen this team like flirt with like weird ceilings and all yes, that stuff. So yes. yes, of course. However, and if if the committee takes into account the fact West Virginia and Kansas State did not have their players, like if they take that into account, like Tad Sherman didn't play, which should be taken into account pretty mm-hmm. substantially to me, like at this point, they're one and three in conference to me. Yeah. And we talked about in the last podcast, we won't talk about it for long. They haven't even got to the hard part of their schedule. They haven't played Kansas twice. They haven't played Baylor twice. They haven't played Texas Tech twice. They still play Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it is partially because the Big 12 is so damn good. But also, there's plenty of opportunities here if they want to and if they can to get some quality wins. Like, every single night you have a chance to get a quad one win. 100%. At, at this point, they don't have many. They don't have more than one of those. Uh, Cause I don't consider again, West Virginia. I don't consider it, even though um, that is a win. It's not yeah. a impressive win. So, you know, it might come down to these last two games where they play Baylor and Kansas, February 28th, March 5th, and then the tournament, like you might have to win one of those and then win a couple games in the tournament just to get in. Like that's yeah. what we're looking like, at like, right now. So Joe Lenardi has them as a seven right now. Right. And again, this is, this is with the schedule they've had so far. This is with, you know, what are they right now? I'm trying to find their, uh, they are 13 and five, right. Without the hard part of their schedule. So like, sure. Yes. They're still, all the numbers probably still lean them as like a top five, four team in the big 12. Right. Fair enough. Um, but again, that's without playing the hard teams. And if you're already a seven seed, that's, that's getting a little shaky to me. Um, because like, because I feel like one, you're gonna you're gonna definitely probably need to beat Oklahoma again. 
um, to to kind of make that resonate better. But like the Big 12's the Big 12's tough, man. Like <laughs> you just lost to Kansas State, who's the worst team. And they're still pretty solid. Um, you beat Oklahoma, who's probably the second or third worst team, and they're still. I think they're pretty good. And so, yeah, I, this is this is getting to like really, really sketchy territory right now for this this team in, in terms of the tournament. Ken Palm has them ending at nine and nine, twenty and mm-hmm. eleven overall. That might be like a nine seed. I was about to say that might be like yeah, they're they're like that's like last four in stuff. The, the, like, yeah, the cutoff. <laughs> the cutoff usually for for at-large teams is uh, 11 because that's where they right. had those like Memphis and UCLA played last year in the 11 <laughs> game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, gives them a little bit of hope there. And there's a lot of time left. We'll see. Uh, you, They obviously can't lose to Oklahoma State on Saturday and they can't lose to TCU on Tuesday. You can't nope. lose either one of those. You have to win those. Mm-hmm. So once after after they come out of that, we'll see how they're doing next week. And I will say the the disappointing the disappointing was the biggest disappointment to me in this game is that they finally got the Marcus Carr game right. they were waiting for. He drops twenty five. He looks like the dude that he was brought in to be. Right where they just say, "Oh, this dude's hot. Just let him let him go." And he even has the last look and it's not, I don't like that look. It's like a step back along the baseline or whatever. I'm just like, uh, it almost went in credit to him, but I, I don't know. I just don't like that look, but um, you finally get 25 points on a pretty good percentage from <laughs> Marcus card. He looks like he's cooking and figuring yeah. out, figuring out who's going to score every single night, like yeah. how the box score is going to look every single night is like, rolling dice it's like buying a lot lottery ticket at this point like timmy timmy allen is the only one i, I know is going to get double figures most likely right. Right. everybody else i'm like could have five could have 20 i have no idea you know ramey five jones five good on the list so by the way speaking of uh speaking of the the weird big 12 baylor man without james akinjo lj crier dropped 25 against uh, west virginia yeah at west virginia yes. like that is a huge, huge win, especially after that, those back-to-back disappointing losses. I agree. That was that's one they easily could have let let slip because um, mm-hmm. it was a tough game. I mean, West Virginia yeah. came to play, and West Virginia yeah. at full strength is a good team. So uh, to get that win on the road, it's a big deal. Like you said, Cryer and Mayer uh, Meyer uh, end up leading the way, and that's what those guys are capable of. That's why Baylor is a good team still, even though you know they lost two straight games. They're still one of the they're going to be a one seed if everything mm-hmm. plays out how it should. And it's because they have depth and it's because they are still going to be a really good defense, no matter who's on the court. So, all right. I watched, I, I got mad at myself last podcast because I didn't bring up North Texas beating West. Oh, yeah. And me, I, I think I've said this on the podcast before. I, I always forget to talk about North Texas because I have a whole separate podcast talking about North Texas. Right. So I'm going to blame you. You need, okay. <laughs> you need to remind me to talk about North Texas because this isn't just this isn't just some you know decent conference USA team. This is right. a really 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 good like this is a top ten mid major in the country at this point. Probably and yeah. I, uh, let me see where they're at in Ken Palm at this point. They are they are sixty seventh. Sixty seventh. So again, one of the top teams like we talk about TCU, SMU, A and M. Those guys are sixty through sixty two. And North Texas is 67. Like, they are right there. This is mm-hmm. a really, really good team. So I need to make sure that we talk about them <laughs> a little bit. Uh, they did beat West Kentucky over the weekend on the road. And yep. that is something that hasn't happened in 10-plus years. 
Mm-hmm. And then they come back yesterday and beat the hell out of Charlotte. Like they just beat the doors in from uh, by the way, I'm not not trying to take anything away from these wins. The East sucks in the conference USA. Awesome. <laughs> like I, I think North that's not taking anything away from these wins. Those are two impressive wins, regardless. But those are two like pretty solid. They're all one, they're all like two and two on that side of the bracket anyway. <laughs> but also like I would take the top three, four teams in the West any day over the top two teams in the east yeah conference usa quick recap for those who aren't paying attention you got three teams in like the top 75 at kimpom and then i don't even know where rice is but rice is probably fourth well western kentucky and rice are probably like battling for fourth probably in like the 120s i would assume right and here let me actually just get the setup so that way i know yeah you have western dropped okay western's at 117 FAU is probably the best team in the East at 152. Um, I mean, just they just beat Western. So, yeah, no, there's nobody else really good outside of those top three. But for North Texas to get that win on the road, they will play. Um, I know Louisiana Tech and UAB play on Saturday, so that'll be a big game. But North Texas is going to run through this conference. Like, mm-hmm. they got to play La Tech twice, and they got to play UAB again. But good Lord. La Tech still, I mean, they're hobbled. But they're, yeah. they're still La Tech, but they're a little hobbled. So. Like you got those three games, and then you don't have another def- really difficult game. Another game where they're going to be – like, they'll be favored by eight or more in every right. game outside of those three. Yeah. So, if – if let's just say they, they win all but three games. Not saying that it's those three games only, but they finish 14-4. and four. If, if they, you know – take care of business they do have fau too and fau is a good team so we'll throw that in there let's say they split with la tech lose to uab and lose to fau that's 14 and 4 and i don't know if that's going to win the conference because uab is really good but it might win the conference and that would be three straight conference championships for north texas and i just we we have to highlight how crazy that is coming from 2016 when they Mm -hmm. were 2 and 18 and you know, two years for McCaslin to build it up and then three straight championships. I just, yep. that's absurd. Yeah. We'll like, we, talk about like these, you said, we talk about these Texas teams a, a lot. We talk about a lot of different Texas teams and it's given me good perspective on just how kind of, I don't want to take the, what North Texas is doing for granted, the consistency sure. that they're playing with. I like, mean, cause like, because I think that, you know, this is kind of a cynical view, but it's like, how long is Grant McCaslin going to be there? You know, because this is so, because this run is legitimately like one of the most impressive, you know, he was in for, he was rumored to be in for the Oklahoma state job or the Oklahoma job. Um, He was rumored to be a candidate for uh, if Mark Adams didn't get tech, it was like a theory, you know, he was one of the possibilities there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like for him to, to continue, like, I don't know, people thought, I think I was under the impression that maybe last year was his year to go. Right. Where it was like cash in on the tournament win, you know, the senior kind of a senior heavy team or not senior heavy, but veteran heavy team and just cash in. Right. And for him to stay, get a raise and get the investment and then keep pushing it, like keep it going like that. That's I don't know. That's that's insane. It is nuts. It's legitimately nuts. And credit to him, because, yeah, now like that conference, specifically the West and the con- like, it's not easy. And they're, they're, they're like the steady ship and it's wild to, to consider that. And I, I want to turn this a little bit to rice because rice is also in this conference and mm-hmm. rice beat Marshall old, old dominion. Uh, my, rice has won four of its last five since getting killed by North Texas, North Texas. Went, 
beat him by 32. Mm-hmm. And then Rice goes and beats middle, beats UAB, which is the shocker, uh, loses to Western, even though they put up a fight, and then beats Marshall and Old Dominion. And now they are four and two in conference. And like I've said, there's not a ton of intimidating games here besides, you know, the big three, La Tech, North you, Texas. You, you were dead. You were burying Rice. You were Oh, done. I'm not buying. I'm <laughs> Look, I've I you were done with rice. <laughs> you you kind of touched on it. I've sold the entire conference outside of the top three. <laughs> right. Like whatever happens outside the top three, like the top three is my bubble. Yeah. This is what I I, I claim. Like these guys are all good. Everybody mm-hmm. else, I don't know if you're good or not, but I'm not gonna take the time to invest to see so rice has Charlotte and LaTeX coming up on Saturday and next Thursday, right? Yeah. This could go down in a Hindenburg style fire <laughs> or we could be talking about a research rice 11th in the country and three point percentage. You can shoot it. The they shots are falling again. The hey, shots are falling again. You, you didn't even mention after, after those two games, they got Southern Miss UTSA and UTEP, man. Hey, <laughs> if, if they win these two games, which I it's, highly doubt they beat La Tech. If they yeah. beat those two, <laughs> rise to the think moon about, baby think about it. they're gonna they're good if they don't win we're talking about rice winning five straight games they if they win five straight games they're nine and two nine and two in conference and at that point they're probably like second in the west right like just from the cannibalism up top right, exactly if like they be la tech and they take care yeah. of business elsewhere like that's that's oh that's God. wild to consider Seeing as you were the first, you were the first to like to start the hole that they were burying them in. Like they're, you were, give me that shovel. I am. They're burying. still in there. They're still look. No, they're they're getting out of the hole, and I gotta hit them with the shovel one more time. You just gotta make sure. You gotta make sure that. Exactly. <laughs> you oh, saw him flinch. You saw him flinch. You're like, oh no, <laughs> no. It's like um, a bug. It's like a buggy step on. You see a twitch again. He's like, nope. What you mean? <laughs> so. Yeah, if they win five straight games, I promise we'll give you a full Rice versus North Texas preview for February. Let's do it. Because that Let's might do be it. the greatest game in Texas basketball history. <laughs> so we'll see. Uh, I Ooh. I watched Sam Houston State beat North New Mexico State in. Yeah, I, you sent me that. Go it, talk about that for a bit because that was a result that I, I actually speaking I actually, of teams we had buried. <laughs> I watched the first half. Yeah. All right, and Sam Houston State comes out, hits seven of the first eleven threes. Um, was shooting – I have a screenshot on my phone. Yeah. I sent it to my friend. But they were shooting 76% uh, at some point in the first half. And New Mexico State – New Mexico State, the best team in the WAC. Yeah. New Mexico State was shooting 24%. And it, it was – every time I watched Sam Houston, I watched Sam Houston play UTRGV. I've watched Sam Houston, I think, one other time, and then I watched them t- uh, yesterday. They just don't miss when I watch them. They, they literally don't miss Dante powers, uh, Demarcus Lampley. I, I didn't even see, let me, let me make sure I'm right here. Yeah. I mean, Savion flag had 22 points in 25 minutes. And every time I watch Savion flag, I'm like, damn, this guy's really talented, but I don't love like watching him play. And then he ends up with like 22 points. And I'm just like, all right, cool. And so powers ends up with 12 Lampley ends up with 10 Tristan Ike with eight and they, they don't miss. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I don't have an overarching takeaway, but they are five and one in conference now or six and one. I think they're five and one, five and one in conference. Now they hit 13 threes against the best team in the WAC mm-hmm. and the best team in the WAC 
New, New Mexico State couldn't shoot to save its life. And I don't think Sam Houston's a great defensive team, but right. damn, they just they, yeah. I, I so I was watching um I was watching mostly on through Twitter, kind of how people were reacting to this game because uh Sam Houston got the blessed uh John Rothstein tweet um where he mentioned the game a little bit, just talking about uh, New Mexico State had a 10-game win streak and then lost to 25 by Sam Houston. Um, Stephen Wagner, who I believe is the New Mexico State beat writer, mentioned how this is their worst loss. Let me see, first conference loss for 20-plus since 2012. Um, and the the worst conference loss of the Chris Jans era. Like, this was, this was wild. Like, people were, like, legitimately like, wait, what's going on? And th- like you mentioned – Sam Houston's defense isn't that great, but apparently, like, New Mexico State had no, like, rhythm on offense, had no flow. Like, it looked very stagnant, and it was like, okay. There were a lot of people on Twitter saying, you have to pay attention now to what this team's doing in the whack." And <clears throat> you mentioned it. Like, we didn't expect, you know, heading into the year, we're like, ah, I don't know. Savion Flag looks pretty good. You know, he's pretty good, obviously, coming from AM, and But I think it was that, it was that Tarleton loss by double digits. And then it was that loss to UTSA. And then you're just like, ah, I don't know what this team is. And they beat an ACU, SFA, and New Mexico State now. Like That's crazy. When you say it like that, <laughs> like, that's crazy. That is, it is nuts, right? Wow. They I are – and they're – by the way, um, they are – I believe, let me see. They're not a great offensive team. And they're not a that's – the, that's the baffling part to me. They're not a great, like, either side. They're, like, fine. <laughs> like, they're, like, four, they're like 200th in offensive uh, efficiency and then, like, 230th in, like, defensive efficiency. But they're forcing some turnovers. They offensive rebound the ball pretty well. They get about 25%, uh, 25% um, or percentile, offensive rebounding percentage. Um, uh, or Sorry, sorry. They're 38th in offensive rebound percentage, which is – great and then they're 60th in allowed so they're actually pretty good at defending the offensive glass crashing the defensive glass and then crashing the offensive boards there so they found a way to kind of be houston light a little bit um in that regard but yeah this i don't know i did not expect um i didn't expect this start from them in, in the whack at all we were talking about who's going to be the new team in the in the new whack and it's sam houston it's i guess sam houston state <laughs> like what the heck is going on here like they play grand canyon next yep this this is a brutal stretch of games for them um i'll be at the last two have been at home but they play grand canyon next at home on saturday so tomorrow if they beat grand canyon is this team gonna win the conference right like Like at that point the regular at that point the regular season like titles in grasp like (laughs) Like, where do we draw the line? What is happening? Is there a line? Where do we draw the line? We need to stop Sam Houston. Where do we draw the line? <laughs> Sam Houston stays making the tournament. What the heck? I can't. I just, every time I watch them, they just don't miss. And yeah. I don't have a reasonable explanation for it. Because I watch, watch them, them, I guess. You got you to gotta, gotta keep it on. It's me. It's me. It's I, you. I watch them and they have, they um, hand New Mexico State the worst loss since 2012. Mm-hmm. That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. A team that mm. was four and eight after a right. loss to Bradley is now eleven and nine and six and one in conference. So, shout out to Sam Houston. Hey, I I I sold. I had sold, and um, I was wrong. 
So y'all, 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 if they beat our, if they beat Grand Canyon, my whole life savings going into Sam Houston, <laughs> winning the conference. Like, I don't even know at that point what odds I can get throwing it on them. So there you go. Um, I actually don't have anything I have written down UTEP and UTSA, but I actually don't have anything on them since we kind of touched on it at the very beginning. Just, yeah, I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really see much of them. I did see a little bit of uh, AM Kentucky um, okay, and lost, of course, but it was a pretty good, we're not, of course, AM's been good this season. And it was, that was kind of a, it's disrespectful right there. I know, right? I know, right? Um, but Kentucky's number 12. And so, like, it was a, it was like, you know, obviously, AM was not favored, but, um, it was a really good environment. I want to say that was like the best, that was the biggest crowd in like Reno, Reno history. Um, I want to say, I don't know if they have the numbers in the box score, but um, let me see, 14,000 in Reno, Reno. Like it was a huge crowd. And to me, it kind of showed AM's a legit player. Like, are they a tournament team? You know, they might be a last four in type team, yeah. but um, I think this is a team that's, we were kind of confused as to what AM was. And I think this team, this game showed that they're a legitimate good team, right? Um, just kind of the the depth of the SEC might come back to haunt them and just might make it, you know, I, they might make the NIT. Let me just put it that way, right? I don't know if the tournament's there for them right now, but Wade Taylor's really good. Henry Coleman's great. Like, this is a fun, fun team. And yeah, I firmly can say that now after this game, we were kind of hovering around as like, oh, they had a close loss to so-and-so. They beat so-and-so, but are that is that team any good? Yeah. I think this team's good. I think AM's legitimately good. I mean, look at their three losses this year. Wisconsin is very good at this mm-hmm. point. We know that now. Uh TCU is it's it's not a great loss, but it's not a bad loss. Right. And then Kentucky. Those are the three losses. The rest of the schedule hasn't been difficult per se. I think mm-hmm. they, I mean, Notre Dame's 63rd in Kim Palm and Arkansas's 38 in Kim Palm. Those are the only teams that are in the top 140, but right. still, you know, that the, the consistency is good enough. So we'll see. They got Arkansas and LSU as their next two games. Um, I, I, I'm interested, man, I feel like the LSU score is going to be very, very low. Just, I just don't think the, either team's going to score very much, but regardless, then they, Kind of go. I mean, they still have South Carolina, Missouri in their next five games, so they can pick up some wins. And then it, then you start starting to start to hit. It feels like their SEC schedule is just really easy. I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. They play Auburn once. They play Alabama once. Like I mean, they might. Yeah, they might just gotten a good draw. Yeah, I mean, because they played Missouri twice. They play Ole Miss twice. They play Georgia twice. So I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Buzz Williams made some calls, but good for him. <laughs> good for him if they did. Yep. They're projected to go 10 and 8 in the conference, which feels about right at this moment. So probably about right. Yeah. We'll see. All right, let's get to the women. Yep. Some some interesting women's results. And um you said you watched UTA and Texas State a little bit. What yeah. So I now? yeah, so I, I watched this one and God, this was a this is a bad loss for Texas state. I'll say they controlled most of this game and then they cough it up. They're up, I believe three with like 11 seconds or something. And first of all, I am 100% team foul up three. All always. I don't care about drama. If I'm a coach, this is what I mean. If I'm a coach, I don't care about drama. I don't care about playing it out. What? No foul, like foul. So what happens? UTA hits a three. They tie it. It almost turns into like ultimate disaster 
because as Texas State's inbounding, they turn the ball over under their hoop, goes to UTA, and they had a second, or no, then they had a second, and they foul, or sorry, let me rephrase, it does turn to disaster, because they turn the ball over, they set up, UTA has a shot to win, they foul UTA on the shot to win with a second left, and UTA hits the uh, game-winning free throw, so it, 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 it was a horrible loss for Texas State. They had a chance to beat UTA on the road, and UTA has been slipping a little bit. They're not the, 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 the impressive team that we thought. They've suffered, I think, two conference losses already, um, and they were just coming off a loss to Georgia Southern. It, this was their chance to beat them, and, yeah, they commit – I think they finished with 26 turnovers too, Texas State did. Yep. Um, it was a, it's a bad, that was a bad loss. They get him at home again, you know, this kind of the interesting setup with the Sun Belt. They're doing these back-to-backs kind of home and away kind of things with some of the Texas teams, some of the in-state, you know, that's how, that's how they basically get the, the um, travel stuff. Yeah. The travel, the travel taken care of. You play both Arkansas teams, play both Georgia teams, et cetera. So they're getting UTA at home this weekend, I believe Saturday. So there's a chance, but man, this was, this was a huge chance to, because they were, Texas State was kind of on a little bit of a streak, right? They had, they kind of fit some things together. Let me see. They were on a, they were on a two game, two game win streak after getting destroyed by Troy. And yeah, they let this one just get away. And it, it just, the way they lost just made you go, oh God, like, you know, not fouling up three, turning the ball over on the ensuing possession fouling on the last second shot and then watching them hit the other hit the other free throw like just just just, yeah heartbreaking i i did not get to watch this game but i did not know it was that gosh that's crazy yeah that's not good it's not good texas state i was like star jacob star jacob's legit for uta uh finished with uh, 16 points or sorry uh 19 points and uh three assists to seven rebounds she was legit, man. UTA, Sharika Wright knows what she's doing. They four, they had 17 steals in that game. Like, they were legitimately great. And down the stretch, they were legitimately great. Um, to start the game, they were not that impressive. And, yeah, that was that's, uh, that's when they let get away. Uh, Texas beat Iowa State in uh, – was this on the road? This was on the road, correct? And – I yes, did not yes. watch it. It was on the road. I'm sorry. Um, I did not get my eyes on it. I was watching just a ton of basketball. And uh, Texas ends up winning 66 to 48. And it was looks like a game they controlled for the entire game. They were up 16 to 10 early. Uh, they led by nine. Held them to four. Held them to four in the third quarter. Held them to four in the third quarter. So they were really – the game was over by the, by the halftime almost at this point. Mm-hmm. So good defensive – Performance from Texas, it looks like Iowa State out of rhythm. I honestly, maybe it's just because I saw LSU beat Iowa State earlier this season. I I don't think Iowa State's like this impenetrable, you know, force that's like sure. going to tear up the Big 12. So this right. result doesn't surprise me per se, uh, but it's still it's a good result for a Texas team that needed a win like this to, you know, continue to get back on track after a couple of losses and figure things out. So. There was a uh, there was a stat I think let me see Danny Davis tweeted out um, from the Austin American Statesman if you count the 2021 NCAA tournament for this exercise Texas has won four of its last five against top ten teams in the AP poll none of them were at home damn 
That's that's a nuts that's a nuts realization for this team. Like they're they're young and they're just still winning. Like it doesn't matter. It's it's pretty it's pretty great. And uh, I, I will say, I think Audrey Warren left the game with an injury. Apparently, Vic Schaefer said she's good to go, but she nice. stepped out. <clears throat> she did uh, leave the game, I think, somewhere in the middle um, with an injury. So, Big 12 standings right now Iowa State 5 and 1, Oklahoma 5 and 1, Kansas State 4 and 2, Texas 3 and 2, Baylor 2 and 2. Texas Tech 2 and 4, continued, lost again. I think they lost to TCU, actually, and TCU uh, 2 and 3 now. Mm-hmm. So, and I think I want to say I'm trying to look. TCU beat Texas. Yeah, Ash- by the way. Well, I was going to mention more on the Iowa State game. I think Ashley Jones was also out for them, so that might have been why they got their butt kicked. <laughs> um, I don't want to say that's the reason why Texas won, but maybe why Texas won like that um, with their best player out. But you know, hey, everybody's everybody's hurt. Everybody gets you know. Everybody misses their best player every once in a while. So yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Uh, real quick. And I hate to do this. To oh no! The great What's people happening? in College Station. Oh man! Uh, oh Jesus! That... The right. women's yeah. basketball team—they're done. It's done, man. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's over. It's a wrap, guys. They're one and five in conference now. To be fair, they've played a no. I can't even say that they played a super difficult schedule. LSU. I mean, it's just it's just the South conference, Carolina, right? It's just like yeah, yeah sure, but it. Ole know. Miss. They lost to Ole Miss by seventeen, and you just you can't do that. They're bottom in like every, except for defense. Offensively is where their issues are right now. Mm-hmm. They're twelfth in the SEC in field goal percentage. They're fourteenth. They're last in the SEC in two point percentage. And remember that that hot shooting that they had. They're seventh in three point percentage. And that was like the thing that was like the new hotness, right? And it was like, oh look, SMU yeah. can sh- or uh, 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 yeah. AM can shoot now. Didn't matter, right? They're 12th in effective field goal percentage. They're 11th in points per attempt. Like, it's just like, it's not there. It is it is bad right now. They don't. And I've said this, we've said it before when we talked about AM. They just don't have a, a post. They don't. Sydney, Sydney Roby is, is not the answer there. Uh, Jaden Malone no. can't really hold up. I mean, they're they, last in defending off the offensive last. They're allowing they 16 killed. offensive rebounds a game. Yeah, they get they get killed on, on the glass yeah. every every game. So they just don't have the bigs to hold up in the SEC. And uh, I could kind of tell that when they played LSU, but yeah. it's becoming very, very apparent. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what, uh, Jordan Nixon has fallen, like her production's fallen off a cliff. She's shooting 26% in the SEC, 25% from three, uh, Kandasha Hoppy, who was one of their players who was helping their shooting, 33% from three, 36% from the floor. Like, yeah, it's 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 struggle time right now for Nixon. It, it seems like Nixon is just a facilitator at this point, pretty yeah. much. Like, she gets the assists, um, tries to but set she, up but she, turn, but she turns the ball over a ton. She has, I think she almost is a one-to-one ratio. Like she almost like turns the ball. I think she has four more assists than she does turnovers. It's yeah, it's it's struggle time. And that quote, when you told me that quote about uh Gary Blair after the LSU game, I was like, ah, pfft, that dude might just be. I think he's 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 and I, I don't want to say he's checked out, but it's what it feels like. After after that LSU game, yeah. if I've been to a you know, I'm I'm I haven't been to a ton. I'm not gonna act like I'm a 20-year veteran here, but I've been to <laughs> right. enough press conferences. 
to get a vibe of what the coach is, is trying to say. And it felt like he was done. Like the way he was talking about the transfer portal, the way he's talking about COVID. Yeah. Poor guy just wants to be done at this point. He's tired. And I don't know if this team wins a lot more, even if he's 10 years younger and full of vigor, but right. it doesn't help that he seems like he's not happy. So right. We'll see. We'll see. They yeah. do move forward. I, I don't have an assessment. They play Missouri, who is damn good, actually. Missouri's going to. Oh man, Missouri's gonna beat them very badly on the road, <laughs> and then they go from there. So we will we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, any other teams I missed here? I don't think we missed anybody else. Um, uh, anybody big? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, let me just check this. Real we quick. were oh we were gonna talk about SMU women, but their game got postponed. Yeah. Um, I believe I think it was That's against always. Wichita. Let me see. As always. Uh. I can't remember which game it was, but it wasn't on the SMU side. So I think they'll be playing again this weekend. Um, I think it was just on the Wichita side, but I want to say it was Wichita. Um, So we'll probably talk, we'll try and talk about them next week because they were, they were on a pretty good streak. I think they're three and oh in the AC. So uh, we do want to talk about Toyo Wilson and kind of what she has going on there. Yeah, it was, let's see, it was UCF, UCF and Tulsa. Those games were postponed. And I think those were both on, had to do with the other team because, um, I don't think SMU – I don't think they were on SMU's side, but um, we'll see. They won't play – it looks like they won't play again until Wednesday against uh, USF, so. Yeah, uh, North Texas women have kind of fallen off a cliff a little bit. <laughs> they're they're one and three in conference. They go play Old Dominion next, which is going to be very tough on the mm-hmm. road. They play them on Saturday. So could be looking at a one to four start for North Texas women's I thought it was going to be one of the better teams in the com- in the conference and even in the state mm-hmm. women's basketball, but it is not looking like that's going to come to fruition. So yeah, there you go. Um, I wish I had a positive note to end it on. Just remember <laughs> everything we talked about with Sam Houston State. Just yeah, maybe Sam I'll Houston. clip it and put it all at the end there. The Sam Houston State. So, <laughs> but plenty of games will be on Saturday as well and this weekend. So we'll hit you. We'll be back on Monday or Tuesday to get you with another pod. But uh, if you're listening on uh, Spotify, give us a follow. If you're listening on Apple, give us a follow as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and review on both of those apps. So feel free to do that. Uh, you can check out all the content at textbasketball.com. Follow Ishmael at Twitter on Twitter at, Matt, at Ishmael R. Johnson. You can follow me on Twitter at Matthew Bruni underscore. And you can follow Dave Campbell's basketball at DCT Basketball. So we appreciate y'all joining us. And we'll talk to y'all later.